Hello, 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 saints of Yahweh, what's up? It is another wonderful, glorious day in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that you all have had a wonderful, glorious day in the Lord and that you have leaned into the God in you. And that leaning into the God in you has enabled you to hear the voice of God, to guide you through this day and give you all that you needed to be successful and to be able to conquer and to be more than conquerors, victorious in all things. And if you had not got your victory today, then tomorrow will be victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remember that just because it didn't come to pass today does not mean it's not going to come to pass. It means that we have to continue our faith in God, believing the word of God, believing what God has spoken to our hearts, believing the Holy Spirit that is in us, that is giving us the peace of God about whatever the situation or circumstance might be, and that we know that with that peace that we have the hope of God that we know that it is going to work out that it is going to work for our good in Jesus name amen hallelujah glory to God all right let's jump right into our word for today and today is December 14th 2023 wow December 14th 2023 and our word for today comes from our tidbit of inspiration that reads Acts 9, 1 through 9. And uh, that reading is coming from the Good News Translation. The Good News Translation. Acts 9, 1 through 9. And it reads, In the meantime, Saul kept up his violent threats of murder against the followers of the Lord. Saul went to the high priest and asked for letters of introduction to the, to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he should find there any followers of the way of the Lord, he would be able to arrest them, both men and women, and bring them back to Jerusalem. As Saul was was coming near the city of Damascus, suddenly a light from the sky flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? asked Saul. I am Jesus, whom you persecute, the voice said. But get up and go into the city where you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with Saul had stopped, not saying a word. They heard the voice, 
but could not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, but could not see a thing. Excuse me. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. For three days, he was not able to see. And during that time, he did not eat or drink anything. So we're reading about Saul and his experience with the Lord that brings him into being uh, Paul, the apostle that we know. Saul was a Pharisee. He was Pharisee taught, Pharisee bred. He understood the scriptures. He understood the Torah and all of the writings of the old, of, and all the writings that of the Old Testament that were what that were there at that time. The things that were written, he knew them. He understood them. He had seen the prophecies. He understood what they said according to the pharisaical theology. So he understood that for him that this was heresy and that he was not to be a part of it and he was to do all he could to destroy it because it was heresy to him and that it was destroying what he understood to be the religion of God. And so, as he had gotten uh, letters or subpoenas, uh, uh, pretty much in, in essence, it was subpoenas to be able to go into Damascus and to go into the synagogues. This was letters of, uh, 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 they're saying letters of introduction, but they were actually subpoenas to be able to go into these synagogues and to dig for and to find out who was following the way. And it didn't matter whether they were men or women, you know, at, 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 at different intervals in, in history. And at this time, you know, women weren't, considered uh, that important, but because of how Jesus taught and the fact that Jesus had anointed women, he, Jesus had, when Jesus first appeared, who was the first one to see him? A woman. And that, so Jesus, women were as strong in this movement as men were. You know, we don't read a lot about a different a, a, a lot about different women because we don't know a lot of these names. But if you begin to do a study and look at a lot of the names that uh, that it, especially Paul talks about, and this is why, you know, is is people think that Paul was, uh, uh, what is the word, a misogynist, but he was not. Um, he uh, had a lot of women who helped him in ministry. And so it said it didn't matter if they were men and or women, you know, because women were just as strong. And so he knew that if you, you had to get both, you had to get the men and you had to get the women because the women were just as strong as the men in this movement called the way. This is what they called it. And so 
uh, so he could go to those synagogues and arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tried and uh, tried and then uh, stoned to death, you know, uh, pretty much what they did to Stephen. So <clears throat> as he was going to Damascus, it says suddenly a light from the sky flashed around him and he heard a voice and the people who were with him saw the light and heard the voice also. And as they heard the voice, but they couldn't see anyone. And it says that Paul, you know, talked to the voice and at the end that he was, he was blind. He, uh, when he got up, he was blind and he went to Damascus. They led him into Damascus. And for three days, he would, uh, he didn't eat or drink. So he was fasting Complete fast is what they call this, a complete fast where he didn't eat anything and he didn't drink anything. You know, Paul, uh, Saul had an experience with God that a life-changing experience that moved him from one side of this uh, theology to another. You see, Paul was sold out to God. Well, Saul was sold out to God and what he thought was right and what he thought was real and what he thought was uh, how God was showing him to follow him. And then this happens and he begins those three days. I believe that as he was fasting and, and, and as he was as he fasted and, and prayed because there's one, uh, if you go down and continue to uh, read, you'll see that it says that when God talks to Ananias, that Ananias tells him, you know, that, that he's praying. And so uh, that not only did he, he was fasting, but he was praying and he was seeking God about what was going on. And God was telling him different things in him. And he had moved from his pharisaical beliefs to belief in Jesus, that now that Jesus had become, that Jesus was the son of God, was had died and had risen and was now seated at the right hand of the parent, everything that he denied beforehand, everything. And this was a radical change, radical change in believing something so different than what he was brought up to believe and what he had uh, chosen, uh, what he had been brought up to believe and what he had chosen for his life's work and believing God and walking in that. And it was everything he was. And this happened and changed him to believe that Jesus was the Son of God and that Jesus had come and died for us. And now Jesus was alive again. And now that Jesus was alive, he, he, he saved us from our sins. Now we were to work for him. I mean, this was a radical change. It changed everything in Saul's life. Everything. <laughs> when I read this, and I don't know how many of you know 
of Bishop Carlton Pearson, this reminds me of him. It makes me think uh, of, of his story. And, and, and if you haven't read it, if you haven't looked at anything and you don't know who he is, get the books, read, see what he was saying. His experience with God changed everything changed everything in his life. He chose, and you see, Saul had this experience, and then he fasted three days and three nights, and he had this choice. You know, he still had free will. He could have chosen not to move here. I mean, I'm not sure what would have happened. You know, who knows? Let's not speculate. But he could have. He could have kept doing what he was doing and what he came there for. If you read on, you'll see that Ananias was, God, I've heard about this man. I know what he's been doing. How can I go into these? God said, go. I've chosen him. I've talked to him. He knows what's going to be done. Go. Carlton Pearson heard from the Lord and believed that God had given him a revelation knowledge of a different, of how differently we could see God's work in us in the earth. And the main difference was, is that he no longer believed that there was a literal hell for us to go to. And that just, you know, set the Christian world on, you know, on head. You know, how you can't say this. Well, what do you mean there's no hell? I mean, really, what does that do? What does that do to us? What does that do to people if there is no hell? It means that we can't we can't send people there. And and literally, we don't send anybody there. We don't have the power or, or the the we don't have the power to send anybody to hell. We really don't have the power to send anybody to heaven. So wh- why they got so upset, I, I I really can't phantom, but I do understand. But for him to take the stance that he took, it was radical. It was a radical change in his life. He gave everything that he knew, everything he had been taught, Everything that he had grow, grew up knowing, he changed it and began to walk in something that he had heard from God, that he believed he heard from God. And for people to ostracize him, to turn their backs on him, to not show what Jesus told us to show people was love, to not love him. And loving him was was not turning your back on him. Loving him was not deserting him. Loving him was not turning so that you didn't call him a check on him. People that he had been with all his life, 
people he had sang with, that he had prayed with, that he had ministered to, that he had been with, didn't even reach out to him. It's a sad, it's sad that that is going to be something that all of those people are going to have to answer to God for. But you know what? We have to forgive. We have to forgive and make sure that we don't follow in that footstep. That we don't take what somebody else believes that God says to them and use it as a weapon against them. We have to learn to love and learn to love in such a way that we don't measure people by us. (laughs) We don't measure people by what we believe or what we think or how we have believed something just because it's what we believed all our lives. It's okay that we believe that. It's okay that it's working for us. But it's not okay to not love someone because we don't know or we are skeptical about what they believe. Paul or Saul at this time had been taught all his life. He was a Pharisee. He believed it. He knew it. And this day changed his entire life, changed everything that he believed and how he believed it. And he turned and went in a different direction against everything that he knew of. Being a Pharisee, Saul was married. He probably had kids, but we don't ever hear anything about them. We don't see anything that that's in about them or the, the his kids, his family, his wife, nothing, none of that. Because when he decided to follow Jesus, all of those people turned their backs. They took all of that with them and left him alone. Now, he wasn't alone, as we know. We know he was with the Lord and that he understood uh, what God was calling him to do. He understood what God had called him to do. And he loved so much that he continued to try to bring the gospel to the Israelites, to the Jews, to his people. He was constantly preaching to the Jews, even though God had called him to the Gentiles. But God called him to more than that. God called him to to explain the mystery that had been covered up all those years. This this Damascus Road experience changed everything in Saul's life. Everything. 
And we have to learn how to love people when this when an experience like this happens in their life. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter whether you think that is real or imagined. Don't stop loving them. Don't stop caring for them. Don't stop talking to them. Hear them. Listen to them. No, it may not change your mind, but it, they know that at least you care enough about them to hear them out or to continue to hear them and to continue to help them, continue to pray for them, continue to support them, even if you don't believe in what they are, what they are talking about. But there are people who are going to believe them, who are going to follow them. And he knows that he has an ear of somebody who may not believe everything that he's saying or or she is saying, but someone who will give them critical feedback without judgment. And don't all of us need that in our lives? Don't all of us need someone who can hear what we have to say without judging us? without holding it against us. Just hear us out. Just hear us out. All of us need that person in our lives and need people in our lives like that. It changed everything. Bishop Carlton Pearson, I just want to say thank you for following God with everything that you had and everything you were. Thank you. And I appreciate how you walked tall and spoke softly and expounded on the love of God in all situations, in all circumstances. Because your Damascus Road experience changed everything in your life and you were willing to go with God. Amen. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Um, Know that I love you and that Jesus loves you so much more. And I'll talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.